For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Spiritual Application of a Messianic Sabbath Service. This is part one of the series. The Sabbath is a festival of the God of Israel. In Leviticus chapter 23, in verses 2 and 3, it is written, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. And in speaking about the feasts of the Lord, the first feast that is mentioned in Leviticus chapter 23 is the weekly Sabbath. The Sabbath is the feast of the God of Israel. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the the Lord in all your dwelling. The Sabbath is a moed. It is the Strong's number 4150, which means an appointed time. The Sabbath is an appointed time of the God of Israel. So in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 2, it says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, Concerning the feast or the moed, the appointed times of Yahweh. So the Sabbath is an appointed time of Yahweh where we are are to celebrate this event. Yeshua kept the Sabbath. In Luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 16 and in verse 31 it is written, And Yeshua taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. The early believers in Yeshua in the first century kept the biblical Sabbath. In Acts chapter 13 verses 13 through 15 and verse 42 it is written, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. After the reading of the Torah and the prophets, which is the custom of a traditional Sabbath service, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, You men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. See, the Gentiles are in the synagogue keeping the Sabbath, so they are saying, We want to hear more of this teaching when we come together.
together the next Sabbath. Acts chapter 13 verse 44 and Acts chapter 14 verse 1, we can see once again that the early believers in Yeshua in the first century kept the biblical Sabbath. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Acts chapter 14 verse 1, it came to pass in Iconium that they went both together into the synagogue of the Jews and so spake that a great multitude both of the Jews and also the Greeks believed. So how are they believing? Because they're hearing the word of God proclaimed on the Sabbath in the synagogue. Both Jews and non-Jews. Acts chapter 17 verses 1 through 4 we can see this as well as it is written. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia they came to Thessalonica where was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul as his manner was, in other words he did it on a regular basis as his custom was, went in unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the scripture. In other words three weeks opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead and that this Yeshua whom I preach unto you is Messiah. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas and of the devout Greeks a great multitude and of the chief women not a few. We can see this in Acts chapter 15 verse 19 and verse 21. And it says wherefore my sentence is and this is where the brethren came together in Jerusalem it says wherefore my sentences that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God if you look up that word in the Greek it actually says returned to God so it says in the context of the Gentiles returning to God it says for Moses of old time has in every city them that preach him being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day Acts chapter 18 verse 1 verse 4 and verse 11 it is written after these things Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks he persuaded the Jews and the Greeks where in the synagogue on the Sabbath and he continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them when in the synagogue on the Sabbath both Jews and non-Jews so we see in, in all the travels of Paul there are Jews and non-Jews who's keeping the Sabbath in the synagogue Acts chapter 19 verse 1 verse 8 and verse 10. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast came to Ephesus. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. And this continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Yeshua both Jews and Greeks. Once again, where are the Jews and the Greeks that's hearing the word of God? In the synagogue. When are they hearing it? On the Sabbath. Now let's look at the article on the Sabbath from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia. In both Judaism and Christianity, the Sabbath, the Hebrew term is Shabbat, is a religious day of rest that occurs on the seventh day of the week, that being Saturday. The first Christians were Jews and proselytes. Proselytes are non-Jews, that embrace 
embrace faith in the God of Israel, and it is assumed without much controversy, and there is some biblical evidence that they honored the Sabbath from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. We just read that out of the book of Acts. This would have continued at least until the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in the year 70. There is evidence that some non-Jewish believers also continued to celebrate the biblical Sabbath many centuries into what is called the Christian era. Continuing on, the apostolic constitutions generally dated in the 4th century and found in the Ante Nicene Fathers, that is the writings before the Council of Nicaea, their collections say the Sabbath should be observed by resting and studying the Torah. It is known that non-Jewish believers in Yeshua sometimes openly observe the Seventh-day Sabbath in conjunction with first-day Sunday worship because the Council of Laodicea around the year 365 attempted to put a stop to the practice of celebrating the Sabbath by believers in Yeshua. Some conjuncture then that prior to the Laodicean Council, Saturday was observed as a Sabbath and Sunday as a day of worship primarily in Palestine, but after the Laodicean Council, Saturday observance was forbidden. This is often considered an attempt of the early Christian church to distance itself from Judaism. Now let's look at Daniel in chapter 7 and the vision which Daniel received there and his vision is about world empires up through and until the second coming of Yeshua where he's going to set up the Messianic kingdom. Daniel chapter 7 verses 1 through 3 says in the first year of Belshazzar king of Babylon Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matters. Daniel spake and said I saw in my vision by night and behold the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea and four great beasts came up from the sea diverse one from another. Daniel chapter 7 verse 7 and verse 15 it is written after this I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly and it had great iron teeth it devoured and break in pieces and stamp the residue with the feet of it and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it and it had ten horns I Daniel was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body and the visions of my head troubled me Daniel chapter 7 verses 16 and 17 and verse 23 it is written I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this so he told me and he made me know the interpretation of the things these great beasts which are four are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth king upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. The first beast was Babylon, the second Medo-Persia, the third Greece, and this fourth beast, which we are reading about, is going to be the Roman Empire. Then in Daniel chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, it is written, And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another shall arise after them and he shall be diverse from the first and he shall subdue three kings and what is said regarding the fourth beast about the Roman Empire Daniel chapter 7 verse 25 and this is the significant thing that we want to point out regarding our Sabbath teaching he shall speak great words
words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And this is what the fourth beast does. He thinks to change times and laws. Now, it was through the influence of the Roman Empire where the celebration by believers in Yeshua of the weekly Sabbath and the annual festivals ultimately got altered. And this happened through the influence of Constantine. Who was Constantine? Constantine who lived from February the 27th, 272 to May the 22nd of 337, commonly known as Constantine the First or Constantine the Great was proclaimed Augustus by his troops on July the 25th in the year 306 and he ruled an ever-growing portion of the Roman Empire to his death. By taking the personal step of convoking the Council of Nicaea in 325, Constantine began the Roman Empire's unofficial sponsoring and recognition of Christianity as a state religion of Rome, which was a major factor in Christianity's spread. His reputation as the first Christian emperor was promulgated by Lactanius in Eusebius of Caesarea gaining ground in the succeeding generation. Constantine in the year 321 declared that Sunday was to be a day of rest. And this comes from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia. It says, Let all judges and all city people and all tradesmen rest upon the venereal day of the sun, because Sunday is the day of sun worship. But let those dwelling in the country freely and with full liberty attend to the culture of their fields, since it frequently happens that no other day is so fit for the sowing of grain or the planting of vines. Hence, the favorable time should not be allowed to pass, lest the provision of heaven be lost. This was given the 7th of March in the year 321. The Roman Empire followed sun worship. And once again from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia. Although this which Constantine declared to be done in 321 that Sunday was a time of rest, that that in itself did not constitute a change of the Sabbath, it did favor a different day of rest from the biblical weekly Sabbath. The dominant religions in the region of the world where Christianity was developing in the Roman Empire were pagan, and in Rome, Mithraism, which is the worship of the sun, had taken hold. And Mithraism met on Sunday. In the ruling of the Council of Laodicea in 365, they made a decree that believers in Yeshua are not to celebrate the biblical Sabbath. The 59 decrees of the Council of Laodicea in 365 are part of the Nicene and post-Nicene Fathers collections. The 29th decree of the Council of Laodicea said, Christians must not Judaize by resting on the Sabbath, but must work that day, and then if possible, rest on the Lord's Day, which they say is Sunday, and any found to be Judaizers are not consistent with following Christ. So they began to call keeping the biblical Sabbath that if you did what God commanded through Moses, they began to call that Judaizing. And guess what? We still call that today. And that comes from the Council of Laodicea. Now, from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, in the 5th century, Socrates 
Scholasticus Church History, Book 5 states, Nor is there less variation in regard to religious assemblies. For although almost all churches throughout the world celebrate the sacred mysteries on the Sabbath of every week, yet the Christians of Alexandria and at Rome, on account of some ancient tradition, what's the ancient tradition? It was the ruling of the Council of Laodicea. They cease to celebrate the Sabbath. So the celebration of the Sabbath was going on outside of Rome, but in Rome and in Alexandria, they quit celebrating the weekly biblical Sabbath. And also in the 5th century, Sozomen Church History Book 7 states, assemblies are not held in all churches on the same time or manner. In other words, some was celebrating the Sabbath, some was meeting on Sunday. The people of Constantinople and almost everywhere assembled together on the Sabbath. Constantinople is the eastern part of the Roman Empire, as well as the first day of the week, which custom is never observed at Rome or at Alexandria. So from the influence of the Council of Nicaea in Rome and Alexandria, they quit celebrating the weekly Sabbath, but it was still done elsewhere, even in the 5th century, which is over a hundred years after the original ruling of the Council of Laodicea. Now, in the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, regarding how Christianity in general regards the Sabbath, this is what is written there. Eastern Orthodox churches distinguish between the Sabbath, which they acknowledge as being Saturday, and the Lord's Day, which they call Sunday. So, that is saying today, Eastern Orthodox churches would say that Saturday is the Sabbath, but they say, but Sunday is the Lord's Day, so that's why they meet on Sunday. But they still acknowledge that the Saturday is the Sabbath. Whereas Catholics, in contrast, because of the Roman influence, put little emphasis on the distinction between the Sabbath and the Lord's Day. And most of them, at least in colloquial language, speak of Sunday as the Sabbath. And this comes from the Catechism of the Holy Catholic Church on the article of the Sabbath. Many Protestants have historically regarded the Lord's Day, that means they say the Lord's Day, Saturday and Sunday, are synonymous terms for the Christian day of worship. Except in those languages in which the name of the seventh day is literally equivalent to the Sabbath. For example, Spanish, the way you say Saturday is Sabado, and Sabado means Sabbath. So in their language, Saturday literally means Sabbath. The same as in Italian, Russian, modern Greek, and in Hebrew. In these languages, the name given for Saturday is Sabbath. Catholicism, in their writings, acknowledge that they changed the Sabbath. From the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, it is written, The Roman Catholic Church teaches that the early church met on Sunday according to its own authority, that's the authority of the Roman Catholic Church, and not on the basis of any scriptural mandate to do so. Canaan's doctrinal catechism, a Catholic catechism, declares that there is no scriptural basis for first day observance. And in the catechism, this question is given. Have you any other way of proving that the Catholic Church has power to institute its own observances, its own festivals, of which Sunday would be its own festival? The answer that 
that is given in the Catechism. Had she not power, she could not have instituted one in which all modern religionists agree with her, that is, Christianity in general. She could not have substituted the observance of Sunday, the first day of the week, for the observance of Saturday, the seventh day of the week, a change that the Catholic Church made for which there is no scriptural authority, and they even say that there is no scriptural authority to do that. Continuing on from the Wikipedia Encyclopedia, other Roman Catholic sources can be cited to show that according to the Catholic Church, there is no scriptural basis for neglecting Saturday observance. So, from the Catholic Virginian on October the 3rd, 1947, it states, Nowhere in the Bible do we find that Jesus or the apostles ordered that the Sabbath be changed from Saturday to Sunday. We have the commandment of God given to Moses to keep holy the Sabbath day, that is the seventh day of the week, Saturday. Today, most Christians keep Sunday because it has been revealed to us by the Catholic Church outside of the biblical mandate to do so. Now let's look at the changing of the Sabbath in the New Testament or the influence of the Roman Catholic Church and Sunday worship had in the translation of our New Testament scriptures. In Matthew chapter 28 verse 1 it says in the end of the Sabbath and the word Sabbath there is the Strong's number 4521 the Greek word is Sabbaton at the end of the Sabbath as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the tomb of Yeshua. So here in this verse the Greek word Sabbaton is translated as Sabbath to begin the verse but where you see the phrase first day of the week the word week there is the same word Sabbaton which was translated earlier in the verse as Sabbath but here they translated it as week. Same word. Now you see the phrase first day of the week the word day is in italics which means it's not in the Greek text. So what's in the text is the first of the week which the word week is the, the Greek word for Sabbath. So it actually says the first of the Sabbath or the beginning of the Sabbath. In Mark chapter 16 verse 2 it says very early in the morning the first day of the week they came to the tomb at the rising of the sun. You will find eight occurrences in the New Testament of this phrase first day of the week and we're going to look at all eight occurrences and the occurrences are describing the resurrection of Yeshua and twice in the epistles it's going to describe when they were meeting and gathering together. So when you look at the phrase first day of the week the word first is the Strong's number 3391 and it's the Greek word Mia and Mia is translated 62 times in the New Testament as one. It's only translated eight times as first. These eight times are these eight verses that speak about the resurrection and the gathering together. So the word Mia really means only one. So it should be translated very early in the morning the one of the Sabbath. Or if you look after the resurrection of Yeshua what happens on the Torah calendar is you start beginning seven weeks counting to Shavuot. So this I believe is describing that the first week of that counting. One of the week of the counting. The first week of the counting. Mark chapter 16 verse 9 Now when Yeshua was risen early the first day of the week he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven devils. 
symbols. Once again, the phrase first day of the week, day is in italics. The word week is the Strong's number 4521. The Greek word sabbaton, which means Sabbath. So this can be translated as the beginning of the Sabbath or the first of the seven weeks of the counting to the Feast of Shavuot. The next occurrence is Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. The word first here is Mia. Day is in italics. The word week should be translated as Sabbath. John chapter 20, verse 1. We have it again. The phrase first day of the week. The word first is Mia. Day is in italics. Week is the Strong's number 4521, Shabbaton, and should be translated as Sabbath. Came Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark under the tomb and sees the stone taken away from the tomb. John chapter 20, verse 19. Then the same day at evening being the first day of the week, well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the spiritual application of a Messianic Sabbath service. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.